2: Hey, friend Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. Welcome back, Larson. Thank you. Didn't you didn't miss a whole lot.
3: Yeah, I was on vacation. what I miss?
2: <laughs> oh, what didn't you miss? A seismic, seismic shifts in pro wrestling. Man. Even if even if Vince didn't retire, it would be kind of a busy uh, uh, wrestling show that we have today. We're not even going to talk about SmackDown. I'm assuming you haven't had time to No, I, I didn't watch, watch anything. Smackdown. I didn't watch
3: any wrestling this weekend. I didn't watch SmackDown, Rampage, Death Before Dishonor. I was following along with Death Before Dishonor on uh, Twitter while on vacation because I wanted to keep tabs on our prediction scores. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's just
2: dive into it. So I did a short video on this on YouTube. I didn't well, thank put you for it up that, in. The, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. I didn't. I'm mean, what was I supposed to do. <laughs> uh, there. So uh, here's the situation. We're going to run down everything that happened. Yes. Vince McMahon is retired from the WWE, and Triple H is in charge of creative. Those are the big. Those are the big stories that End we're here to show. talk about today. <laughs> End of show. We're going to get into the details. We're going to talk about uh, Death Before Dishonor, the ups and downs, and certainly there were some ups and downs with that show. We'll give you an update on the G1. We'll give you a raw preview such that it might be. Who knows how much that might change, although if it's on WWE.com, chances are they're probably going to stick to what's going on, Mm -hmm. probably through SummerSlam. But, of course, the huge news, and we're going to run this down because – I did a short video on Friday when this happened. Uh, I did not put up the audio for the audio podcast uh, crowd because, you know what, man? This is this is a big deal, and it's one thing to get the info out there on the YouTube. But it's another thing. This is going in rods, you and me. Yeah. you know. And this yeah. is something that you and I need to talk about, and if, if it had to wait, it had to wait. There's no way you could have anticipated going on vacation, and literally within two hours of you hitting the road, Vince McMahon, oh, Larson's gone, time to retire. So I know, I know. Here's the timeline of events on Friday, at 1:05 p.m. Eastern, 4:05 p.m. I'm sorry, 4:05 p.m. Eastern, 1:05 uh, p.m. Pacific, Pacific, Pacific. Yes. yeah. Uh, Vince tweeted out. He just tweeted this out. At 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever together. Hashtag WWE. Hashtag. Uh, thankful.
3: So a lot of questions sort of went. It was like, what wait? Yeah. You're, you're retiring? Very short to the point and it seems conclusive, but given that he uh, you know, before he stepped aside as CEO, fulfilled like, I don't know, like ten different roles within the company.
2: Yeah. It's like, okay, so do what do you, are you doing all those exactly? Bits? So there is a subsequent statement, which I'll get to in a second, but before I actually really got into the meats the meat of that, I noticed that Brandon Thurston tweeted this out said uh, he reported that he had confirmation that this included, which is kind of the thing that we care about, creative duties. Yeah, (laughs) We want want somebody else to be working on the creative aspect of things. So for the first time since 1982, Vince McMahon was not in control. He was not the final say for what we got to see in WWE on screen. So in a subsequent statement, he indicated that Stephanie was then chairwoman and would share CEO responsibilities with Nick Khan. This is the statement I read it on the last video, but you're gonna we're gonna hear it again. He says, "As I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE." Viscoman said in a statement, "He said this throughout the years has been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you." His words, not mine. I would like to thank my family for mightily contributing to our success. And I would also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our fans for allowing us into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for our generations of fans all over the world uh, who have liked, currently like, and sometimes even love our form of sports entertainment. Um, That's when he mentions uh, Stephanie becoming chairwoman and uh, co-CEO, co-CEO, Nick Khan, he says, as the majority shareholder, he concludes by saying, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. That leads us to Friday night SmackDown. Yeah, so
3: so uh, with that, uh, with Vince creating a bit of a vacuum as head of creative now, uh, apparently on SmackDown, uh, Bruce Prichard uh, stepped in as the lead uh, with creative. Ed Kosky was also there. Um, and then apparently Triple H was already there This is according to Fightful's uh, Directing traffic uh, Producers, this is a quote from Fightful Select uh, Producers were told that Pritchard was taking over Many of Vince McMahon's television roles For the time being, nothing permanent was announced Fast forward today and there, there Was definitely an announcement um, Also, it was reported first by Brian Alvarez and I think then confirmed by Fightful And Correct. somebody else uh, That Brock Lesnar was not happy uh, uh, About the news of Vince uh, Retiring and walked out on SmackDown. Alvarez
2: said something along the lines of, or Alvarez said he said something along the lines of, if Vince is out, I'm out.
3: Yeah. Uh, But, you know, and then the script had to be rewritten rewritten for SmackDown, like entirely, because, like, that was the preview for SmackDown, was Brock. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But he came back for the the final segment. I believe he F5's theory on the Money the Bank briefcase. I think I saw that video clip on Twitter. Maybe I imagined it. No, he uh, did totally. Oh, it's right here in the notes. So, uh, Coltaholic, uh, uh, reported that WB had been in contact with Goldberg. Yeah. About bringing him in to be Lesnar's replacement for SummerSlam against Roman Reigns.
2: If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Fightful Select. A lot of people, so it's basically been Fightful Select, Meltzer, PW Insider, Wade Keller, uh, had some input as well. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Coltaholic had this little exclusive mm-hmm. here about Goldberg that there was a, some amount of panic backstage when, uh, Brock said, I'm out of here. Um, Stephanie, Open the show. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, I mean, just to speak about SmackDown now, because that's where we're sort of at in the timeline. Yeah. Um, Enforcer and I did a watch along here on the channel, uh, the Twitch channel for SmackDown, and it noticeably had a bit of a pep in its step. Um, there are little changes. For example, the Viking Raiders had a match, I forget against who, um, but the New Day came out to sort of heckle them on commentary. Oh, New yeah. Day were wearing street clothes. Yeah, which generally speaking in a segment like that, like, I mean, we've seen people wear street clothes before on on camera, but like they typically wear their wrestling attire. This was a small change when Stephanie came. Dude, it was 41 minutes before the first recap. That's something else. 41 minutes.
3: Well, I heard also that uh, that uh, Woods on commentary mentioned Ring of Honor and IWGP. IWGP talking about the Viking Raiders and what they had accomplished.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so there was those things. Stephanie came out, uh, led the, the, the fans in a thank you Vince chant. Um, and then that, that was it. Like that was, that was the, the long and short of Vince. But then as soon as she finished, she wrapped up. She said, welcome to SmackDown. The Street Profits come down through the crowd Mm-hmm. for their entrance. Mm-hmm. So they come out, they do their thing, and then we're immediately launched into because they, they did a thing in the intro where that set up the main event. So they have a scuffle involving uh Theory and the Usos uh and uh somebody else. So then Nakamura immediately comes out. He's got another match with Ludwig and uh and they do a thing where Ludwig ends up winning because of some some Walter stuff. But it was a beefy match. Like yeah, there was a yeah, lot yeah. going on there. Yeah. They go up to the top of the ramp, and uh, and Walter uh, tells Lud- Ludwig, put your arms down, put your arms down. You think he's going to chop him instead. Big smile on his face, pats Ludwig on the back, and then swerve. He chops him. Yeah. It felt more dynamic. It felt like things were moving along,
3: yeah. you know, as I do my little shuffle here. I mean, um, that, I it, guess, I guess sorry to interrupt, but uh, I guess the real test of changes in terms of creative approach will probably be tonight on Raw because it's usually Raw that has the more – deliberate pace because they got 3 hours to fill. SmackDown sometimes the pace is off on SmackDown, but sometimes they pace SmackDown really well because it's a 2-hour it's show. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess right now if uh, going into tonight if we're going to see changes like that where the show feels more dynamic, more focused on wrestling, not having to wait a half hour before the first match starts so on and so forth. If that we see that tonight and that becomes a norm, that alone's a step in the right direction, you know. Honestly,
2: you know when a lot of people say um, and we're going to get back into the Triple H stuff, this is a big This is a big story, a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. When people say, oh, I don't think a lot's going to change, honestly, it's not in the big stuff. It's not, I mean, not necess- I'll put it this way, it's not necessarily in the big picture stuff. I yeah. mean, yes, there is an issue with WWE having not built up stadium-selling superstars like Brock Lesnar, and that's a long-picture thing that they can change. But in the short term, honestly, it's just enough with the endless recaps and enough with the endless rematches. And that's all stuff that can be changed immediately. That's all stuff yep. that can change now. Yep. Um, and, uh, and I hope that's the kind of stuff that we do see, you know, you, you don't need endless recaps. People aren't coming back and they forget what happened, you know, like those are the small things that can change. And I think hopefully that's what we'll get because fast forward to Monday, we get two significant events. The first one, Monday morning, WWE corporate released a statement. Uh, WWE and its board of directors today announced the appointment of Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as co-chief executive officers Ms. McMahon has also been appointed chairwoman of the board and Mr. Kahn will continue to serve as a member of the board These appointments follow Vince McMahon's retirement announcement on Friday, July 22nd uh, uh, They released a joint statement We're grateful for the opportunity to lead WWE together with our unmatched management team We recognize this is a tremendous opportunity and responsibility and we look forward to serving WWE Universe More importantly comes the next sentence Additionally, WWE executive Paul Levesque—that's
3: Triple H. Triple H
2: will assume all responsibilities related to WWE's
3: creative, in addition to his regular. duties. Of course, he's also head of talent relations. That was Correct. announced on Friday before I left. I thought that was going to be the huge news of the day. Right, I know. No, <laughs> yeah, we did the big.
2: Oh, we put out, we put out a, uh, a, a count out because we're that like, yeah, yeah, nothing. You know, we'll put out this count out. And then something happened. Triple H's name had a talent relations. And then and we were like, okay, that's good for the day. And then you leave and then it all explodes. Yeah. So Fightful Select chimed in as they often do. Yes. The chips are starting to fall within WWE and Triple H is working in creative again. Immediately after WWE's PR report, Fightful clarified with WWE that Triple H would indeed be heading up creative in addition to accepting those roles. On Friday, Ed Kosky, we already mentioned this and Bruce Pritchard, were largely in control of the direction of the show, and producers were told that Triple H would at least be the quote finish guy. WWE confirmed to us that Bruce Pritchard remains with the company and will work in creative. Last week, higher ups were told Vince would still be available to some degree as he transitions away from the company. Talent reaction to the news was general excitement. There were some concerns raised when Bruce Pritchard was both heading up creative and in in an interim talent relations role as talent had to ask the person that handled their creative for time off if they wanted it. This is also telling one source at USA Network that got back to Fightful about the news said, quote, that this is an exciting change.
1: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home,
3: I mean, I know NXT. While Triple H was in charge, wasn't winning the the Wednesday Night Wars, but on a regular basis, and I'm not, I won't get into like the minutia, the micro of the creative there. On a regular basis, the creative on NXT uh, offered up a lot more direction, follow through, more often than not than what we've seen on main roster in the last few years. And I, I don't think we're going to see, especially on massive changes, what I expect we'll see more so than anything else is if they have a plan for somebody, not that they won't adapt if circumstances change, but they'll try to at least follow through on their vision rather than giving up after two or three weeks. I think there is, so, like, I, I don't know. It's funny because I don't know what
2: people think when they think, oh, things aren't going to change. Um I just, you know, given Vince McMahon's age, his philosophies on wrestling, um, I, I don't, I don't see how that there can't be some change of some sort. It doesn't make any sense. I know a lot of us are conditioned to think, oh, it's WWE, it's going to be crap, it's forever going to be crap. Um, but i i just think that it's it'd be bizarre it'd be really weird yeah. if there wasn't some amount of change now does that mean Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be added to WrestleMania's main event next year with The Rock and Roman Reigns probably not <laughs> but but i don't think that's sort of the change that we should expect um you know is is Raw going to change its branding to to be yellow and black is NXT going to go back to yellow and black i don't think so i don't think no, any of that's no. true however is it possible we'll see somebody like, for example, Carmelo Hayes, somebody who obviously is somebody that HBK, that uh, Shawn Michaels, would love to see in a in a larger role, even though you know, he calls himself, the, he's a champion, he's the A champion, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they sort of present him as like a co-A champion with Braun Breaker. Yeah. Will he become a more solidified main event, or will he capture the NXT title? Mm-hmm. It's those kind of things that you might see fall into place because it's now their thing. They're going to be the guys... Uh, and Stephanie green lighting or you know putting a halt to certain aspects and what are they going to do think to themselves what would Vince do in this situation I'm sure for certain things maybe for certain things that Vince was good at maybe
3: but it's their thing it is why why would they
2: try to get into Vince McMahon's headspace
3: and we've Triple H had the quote Uh, During one of the like the 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 media calls before takeover that we were on, where he compared WWE to like top forty music and NXT is like the indie band you like. Um, And again, in a macro sense, I don't think that's going to change because NXT it it was a product uh, focused on wrestling fans because it featured wrestling and the storylines were there only to motivate matches, you know, and on on main roster, that's not always the case. More often than not, Mm. you get stories, motivate matches, but the storytelling is just more of the same matches and more of the same story beats. Um, And sometimes stories happen and barely even lead to matches. Mm -hmm. Um, And on a broad sense, I don't know if that's going to change per se. I think main roster television is going to be broader in terms of who they're trying to appeal to, Mm -hmm. but yeah, if if anything is going to change, and the most notable thing I hope will change is just more follow through. We have a plan. We're going to follow through on this plan, and we're not going to change just because someone has the whim to change the idea.
2: And I think that also just let's bring a sense of urgency back yeah. to the programming. I mean, that's yeah. what I noticed in that first you know hour of SmackDown, especially was it just felt like there was more of a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. You know, they do the thing that you remember from back in the day when they set something up, and it wasn't because it wasn't I was like, oh, the, the profits and the Usos and theories out. It's going to be a six-man coming back from commercial. No, they set that up for later on. They immediately got to the next thing. You need that sense of urgency, yeah. and I think a lot of that is, uh, is possible. Let's talk about some of the personnel yeah. here. Bruce Pritchard. And Kevin Dunn, notably, are two two of the three sort of main Vince McMahon guys Mm -hmm. next to Johnny Ace, who's already out. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with them, but, I mean, there have been rumors for decades about the relationship between uh, Triple H, Stephanie, and Kevin Dunn. Yeah. And all the rumors suggest that it ain't a pretty one.
3: Yeah. And there's a lot of speculation that Kevin Dunn might be the next one to depart the company. Um, haven't heard anything uh, uh, firm on that, and I don't know if it'll happen. When it'll happen, um, I you know I, I I'm sure there Stephanie and Triple H are aware of the criticism Kevin Dunn's TV direction style uh, receives from a lot of wrestling fans, um, and we've criticized it here as well. Um, but you know, despite the criticism, that WWE's production is really good at capturing those moments they need to capture in the ring. You know, and, yeah. and they have been. So, So
2: Kevin Dunn gets a lot of shit for things that are glaringly bad. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is the substance of what he does isn't terrible. If you if you one of the main criticisms that we've that we've heard and and sort of levied out ourselves over the years with AEW is sometimes they lack the ability to properly capture the most dramatic moments the way WWE does. Well, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, that's Kevin Dunn right there. Mm -hmm. You know, he knows where everybody's going to be, which cameras to go to, how to capture those big moments. And yes, you take the good with the bad. His action direction is god-awful. It is. The whole, let's do five shots in a single second bullshit. Well we all crash
3: zooms and stuff like that. With crash
2: zooms. Terrible.
3: it's, It's
2: awful. It's nauseating. That being said, again, you take the good with the bad, there have been many moments in WWE history that have been captured to perfection mm-hmm. because of
3: his direction.
2: Um, there have so, been
3: others, not so much. Like when AJ debuted at the Royal Rumble, when Edge came back.
2: <laughs> there, you're absolutely right. There have been others that have been lost, exactly. Then they have to change it in post. Or they have to release um,
3: the YouTube clip of how it should have been done to begin with, you know?
2: Right, yeah, exactly. So, um, But again, you know, if you bring in somebody, or, if, or if, I, I have no idea if he's got somebody who would be considered you know, a protege or whatever, uh, that maybe would be a little less, uh, you know, more averse to to that kind of direction where you know there's crash zooms and everything. Um, But certainly that might be the case. Bruce Pritchard was often just seen as the guy who knew how to translate what Vince wanted. You you, you give him the script and he's like, well, Vince isn't going to like this. And so they change it until it's something that Bruce understands Vince might like. That ain't going to be the case anymore. So is Bruce, how long is Bruce Pritchard going to be around?
3: I, I, that I don't know. Um, I mean, it's entirely possible, especially during this transitionary phase when, you know, we're, we're, we're leaving the, 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 the days of Vince being in charge of creative behind, they might want to have a relatively smooth transition. Bruce being there might help accomplish that because creatively speaking, he speaks Vince's language. Um, and it, You know, there could be a benefit to having him in the room at creative meetings too, because Triple H might, or, you know, the creative staff as a whole might think, all right, this is the way we want to do things. And Bruce could be the person that speaks up and says, all right, we got to think about this in terms of a larger wrestling audience. Yeah. I'm trying to see a positive in keeping him around. A lot of Bruce's creative philosophy, I don't agree with. Mm -hmm, Yeah. But depending on what strategy they want to take with creative going forward if they think there is a positive to having Bruce there, even for a while. Mm-hmm. And if and if that's it, maybe they'll keep him around. Who knows?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we've never really heard any, like, really gnarly stories about Bruce Pritchard and, and his relationship with everybody there. So maybe in terms of a guy who's a facilitator, if he understands his job is now to interpret, hey, this is what Triple H is asking for, go get it done, maybe that's going to – maybe he's – as it will be as uh, interested in doing that as you know, Triple H and HBK and in, in being the, given the directive of the new NXT because it seemed like they tried to do what they could with that new directive. Um, so, yeah, that, that sort of remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, we'll get a more well rested Bruce Pritchard on his podcast that if he's true. not there. Yeah. And on top of that, more fascinatingly, we might get, like, the last five years of behind-the-scenes say, stuff
3: from be Pritchard's perspective. That. I know, I know. Uh, Kelly AFU here in chat brings up a name that I thought of as well. Jeremy Borash. Triple H brought him into NXT. You know, if 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 they're looking for someone to maybe uh, take over for Kevin Dunn, I mean, maybe maybe his name's a possibility. Several names who I and I again, I have no idea, like you know, what the
2: relationship was like, but like a Jimmy Jacobs, perhaps, you mm-hmm, know, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Borash seemed to be a guy that Triple H really, yeah. really liked. Yeah. Could he, you know, find himself on the upswing as well? Definitely. I mean, man, you and I had heard about this power struggle going on about, I don't know, six months ago or so around the the NXT rebrand, and uh, and it seems like a certain side has won out,
3: <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, which is which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, um Let's move on to this. Uh, today, I believe, uh, WWE released an SEC filing. Correct. And uh, in that, it was reported by... Uh, Variety had extensive write-up on it. Um, and here's some language that was in it that uh, was, was interesting. So this is what Variety uh, reported. Quote, The company has made a preliminary determination that certain payments that Vince McMahon agreed to make during the period from 2006 through 2022, including amounts paid and payable in the future... Uh, and that were not recorded in WB consolidated financial statements should have been recorded expenses in the quarters in which those agreements were made uh, at the date hereof the company has identified unrecorded expenses totaling approximately 14.6 million. All payments underlying the unrecorded expenses were or will be paid by Vince McMahon personally. Um, and then uh, elsewhere it says the company has also received and may receive in the future regulatory investigative and enforcement inquiries, subpoenas, or demands arising from, related to, or in connection with these matters. So when this information first came out, I read this before I got in the road this morning. A lot of people were reading this and thinking, oh, was it possible that Vince made some of these payments for these NDAs using company money? Mm-hmm. Because if you read this, it could be construed that way. Sure, right. Um, Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer uh, spoke about that this morning added that quote WB officials stated that despite the wording in the released 8k reported the 14.6 million in question was paid by Vince McMahon from his own personal funds and not from WB money statement. The re- release was that the expenses were or will be paid by Vince personally. They also said, uh, oh, sorry. They said there were uh, corporate accounting reasons that they released the information will be adjusting the corporate books for 2019, 2020 and 2021 to account for those expenses. Yeah. Um
2: the uh, the interesting bit about the company has received yeah. and may receive in the future regulatory, investigative, and enforcement inquiries. So subpoenas or demands arising from so right you, to This, this might have
3: matters. this might have aroused the ire of the SEC potentially.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, I understand Vince is still the majority shareholder. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially that right there kind of means that he's gonna be by and large powerless. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in terms of, yes, I guess he can probably like call votes and stuff like that. But th- that basically renders him neutered in terms of any, you know, running the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that investigation surely will will continue to to keep going and, and we'll probably learn more from that.
3: Yeah, I would think so. I would think so.
2: Um, so just a couple small bits about reactions from around the wrestling world. Uh, Wade Keller reported that there might be some belief that sasha and naomi may come back now with vince gone i mean dude you have to think that the status of the women's tag titles might be something that triple h and stephanie would both be interested in can in, in picking back up and mm-hmm. what better way to do it i mean god the, the, the return for sasha and naomi in terms of uh, uh fan goodwill
3: mm-hmm.
2: um would be massive would be mm-hmm. huge it'd be a statement yeah. Um, he also reported that uh, some AEW talent backstage sees WWE as an option now with Vince gone. That this would seem to be, you know, one of the obvious things uh, that Vince was sort of in the way of, you know, he didn't see a lot of those WWE talent. Like when you look at Malachi Black, for example, obviously Triple H sees this guy. Oh, this guy's super metal.
3: Mm-hmm. Vince didn't better. see yeah. it. Yeah. 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 yeah you yeah. think, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the NXT guys who went to AEW. When their contracts are up in three or five years whenever it is you know if triple h is 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 still in, ch- in charge of creative and from a creative standpoint Wb seems to be firing on all cylinders or at least in a much better state than it is now mm-hmm. might consider it who knows yeah who
2: absolutely knows? i thought this was kind of interesting too this is just a personal note pete dunn on instagram just posted a random picture of him doing pete dunn stuff he was in his old bruiserweight outfit and breaking somebody's fingers. Oh. Now, man, I, I don't suspect, number one, I don't suspect WWE is going to go back to their old ways of allowing people to keep their names. I suspect it'll probably be along the lines of back when Triple H would collaborate with Prince Devitt, with Kenta on name changes. Oscar. And not just arbitrarily Oscar, not just arbitrarily be given a dewdrop drop or a butch. Mm hmm. I feel like it's probably going to be more of a collaborative effort with the wrestlers as opposed to just these asinine comedic names that they're bringing
3: I'll up. be honest. I wouldn't be surprised with some of the more prominent names that came up through NXT UK and, and NXT that they, would be, they would, might consider letting them keep their names. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
1: It'll be
2: really interesting. It'll be really interesting. Like um, in, in a month's time, if they start calling Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn again? I wouldn't really be that surprised. Really? You think that would be a possibility? Man, I don't Oh, know I, don't, think... I, don't,
3: I don't think Pete Dunn's going to be Butch long-term but at WWE. I don't see that. As...
2: See, I, I don't know, but here's, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. He's gotten Butch over. Now, I think maybe he'll be transitioning away from being full-on Butch but I don't, I don't know. I I hope you're right. I'll just put it out. I I hope you're right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not Triple saying Triple loves case. that
3: guy though. I'm <laughs> he not loves saying, Pete Dunn. Yeah, I'm not saying in every case everybody's gonna be able to keep their name. I think for people who have established a brand within WWE mm-hmm. using whatever name they had, whether it's the name they had prior to joining or a name Tyler that,
2: Bate. What about Tyler Bate?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You think so? Jordan I would be. one
2: is sort of the last of the uh, maybe <laughs> the maybe. name changes um, maybe.
3: People who have developed a brand in NXT, again, either using their name prior to WWE or the name they were first given in WWE. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, um, using that throughout and not being brought up. Even if, you know, like if it's a name where it's half their real name and like a like a last name that was created for them or in mm-hmm. collaboration. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they Man, if they no. stop changing everybody's names.
2: I thought it was the the greatest thing when Shaw Samuels came in as like Jeff Harvey or something oh, like that. Oh, that was great. And Wasn't the whole that story was, the
3: whole story was like, why do I have this name now? I'm Shaw Samuels. I know. Great. great I know. Great. East East End Bookies. Because uh, it's like stuff like that. Shawn Michaels. And I would think Triple H are aware of that stuff and how
2: ridiculous it could seem. I know, but I also I I do sort of understand like the business aspect. Oh, I of do things. too. I do too. That but, might be one of those things that Nick Khan is able to convince him, "Hey, We're putting a lot of money and resources into these guys and gals, and then for them just be able to go to. But again,
3: my counter to that is they leave and they get. They'll still use half the name they use in WWE. (laughs) Simply, that's legally fine. (laughs) So, how much? I understand there's a degree of protection, but how much?
2: Yeah, right. Like especially like somebody like Malachi Black. Who transitioned seamlessly. And he evolved his character using From WWE, s- yes. From WWE, yeah. Yeah. There's they can be, they can be so creative these days.
3: Exactly. So um, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's protection you're 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 getting yourself doing that, but but they can still market themselves using maybe their WWE character, part of their name. I don't know how much. How much does it does really matter? I don't anymore. know how that's, much
2: that's a really matters. good point. If 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 they could be if Nick Khan, I guess, maybe can be convinced of it. Because, you know, obviously he's
3: got some power. but Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, like, if
3: Adam Cole were just coming up for Ring of Honor now, if we go back a few years ago, Adam Cole's a free agent. He's about to sign to NXT right now. Well, actually, if he were to sign right now, he'd be going straight to main roster because Triple H loves yeah. him. Yeah.
2: Well, Probably.
3: I think there was always going to be certain. Be Like, if MJF came over, you and I talked about this. Yeah. There's
2: certain people that he are big enough that, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Although, I feel yeah. like... On, Apart from MJF, like right now, there's only a handful of people, especially from companies outside WWE or AEW who'd come in and be able to keep their names.
2: So, okay, let's move on to this then because this is a great segue. Um, What do you think is more likely to happen? The next time we see formerly known as Eli Drake, he will be LA Knight or Max Dupree.
3: Oh, you don't have to answer the question yet.
2: P.W. PW Torch is reporting that Max Dupree, formerly L.A. Knight, and maybe L.A. Knight again, if the Larson is to be L.A. Knight, yeah, yes. uh, is apparently done leading Maximum Male Models. P.W. Torch states that Max Dupree, sources indicate, had rubbed some people the wrong way and wasn't fitting in, so a decision was made by Vince McMahon a couple weeks ago to write him out of the storyline. Max knew last week he was making his final appearance when he plugged his sister would show up on SmackDown
3: and this it was week. Sophia Cromwell, right? From NXT.
2: Correct, yeah. So, Larson, could you, could you just fucking imagine this for a second, right? You're LA Knight, right? You came into NXT, and because this dude has the gift of gab, he was the most popular guy in NXT 2.0. And I don't even think that could be debated. So he comes in and they scrub him, right? Like, he never really won anything significant. No, it seemed like they just brought him in as, like, a hand. Right? But he was the, this dude could talk. He got himself over. So what do they do when they bring him to, 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 to main roster? Instead of being a wrestler he's a manager is he a manager of a wrestler no he's the manager of a male model agency now according to i believe it was uh fightful select maximum male models was all vince mcmahon and this is the least shocking news possible yeah this was all vince his idea probably his name because it's terrible and it's alliterative uh and so they give max dupree they say hey you know, your great promo voice, which is like half Stone Cold and half The Rock woman, mm-hmm. like 80 The Rock and 20 Stone yeah, Cold. Yeah. You're not going to use that. The thing that you got to get yourself over with everybody. Can't you Can't it. use that. Can't you're going to whisper talk. You're going to sort of ASMR talk. Uh, you're going to be the manager of a, of a modeling agency, which is just a big joke. And by the way, it was still pretty damn funny. Like he was really good at it. You got it over. Mansoor got it over, and Mace got it over. Right. That being said, seemingly Max Dupree, L.A. Knight, Eli Drake, wanted nothing to do with this. Not shocking at all because it's nothing. It, it, it doesn't play to any of his strengths.
3: It doesn't, and, you know, he, he's 39 years old. He's got plenty of time left in the ring, and you come to, I would imagine, WWE, to get to the top as a wrestler, yeah, you know, yeah, you signed with the company as a wrestler to wrestle for that company, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it, uh, in, in so many ways, L.A. Knight, Eli Drake, checks all the boxes you'd think WWE would want from, right, a wrestler, right. He's great yeah. on the mic. He's yeah. he's good in the ring. I mean, I'm not going to say he's I don't think he's going to carry anybody to a five star match, but he had some pretty decent matches in NXT. It's not he's not a bad wrestler. No, he's he's dude. He's he's made
2: for main roster. He totally is. He,
3: he totally is, is. Ma- like
2: that, that wrestling style of his. It's main it roster. Really wrestling, and he's yeah. proven
3: time and again, wherever he's at, he can get himself over. I know, and maybe yeah. maybe they, maybe Vince just saw that last thing. Well, this guy can get anything over. Let's see if he can get this over.
2: Well, there's yet another question. You mentioned his age, thirty-nine years old. We had known that Vince, that the WWE under Vince McMahon wanted to go super young. They want people to make their call ups to main roster at the age of twenty-five, not thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Is that going to change? Um, again, lots of lots of questions out there that only time will sort of tell. Um, are they going to start competing for people like, for example, um, Kevin Blackwood, who was already in. He was in NXT, wasn't he? Was he? Was Was he? I don't remember. Or was that a different guy? Was that uh, You're thinking uh, of Anthony? Uh, Eli- after- oh, Anthony Henry was in NXT. Anthony yeah. Henry was. Yes. Blackwood wasn't.
3: I don't think. So. I think you're are you thinking of Eli Cottonwood.
2: Fuck, I don't even know that he guy. was in NXT. <laughs> Who is that guy?
3: <laughs> that sounds vaguely
2: familiar. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, are, are they going to go after like the the bigger names in the independent ranks? Are they going to compete with AEW for those names? It's entirely possible, man. Um, I don't know, but uh, but Max Dupree, this is going to be very interesting because probably the top name who benefits it at this very moment from Vince being gone is Max Dupree, La
3: Knight, and I, and, and I think you're right. I think it's going to be La Knight. You know what you you could do? Keep him off TV for a few weeks. Have him show up on Raw.
1: Have him just show act, up on the act, Raw after
2: SummerSlam.
3: Yeah, just act like the. Maximum male model stuff just didn't happen.
2: So I wonder, but...
3: It, you, different show, so they, different universe, never happened.
2: They got Maxine heading maximum male models. Are they going to be gone? Is is Triple H going to come and be no, like... No, here's the thing. Here is I thing. don't
3: get this. L.A. Knight, Max Dupree's older brother. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I love your idea. of oh, the, the tag team of L.A. Knight and, and Ezekiel.
2: Oh, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. Guys yeah, who be could good. be either 29 or 45, we're not sure. Yeah,
3: <laughs> makes all the sense. Makes all the sense. Uh, let's talk um, about something that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so uh, FTR Briscoe's, this is Steve's words. I did not watch Death Before Dishonor yet, but I heard it was really good. Uh, stole the show, this Death Before uh, Dishonor kind of Ring of Honor reboot um, on Saturday. But there's the curious case of Claudio winning the Ring of Honor title from Jonathan Gresham in such an underwhelming fashion. Had a bunch of us scratching our heads. Apparently, there was a bit of a dust up seemingly quite a dust-up between uh, Gresham and Tony Khan before the show. So Fightful Select reporting that Gresham uh, asked for his release from AEW slash Ring of Honor before Death Before Dishonor. Um, Apparently there was a a lack of communication between the company and Gresham leading up to that weekend. And then uh, Fightful Select reporting that Gresham, Gresham, quote, felt disrespected by this. Um, And then Fightful Select was also told, that Gresham got himself a meeting with Tony Khan before the show, communicated his frustration, and that led to him, quote, cussing out Khan. Uh, uh, several talent then confirmed this to Fightful um, following Death Before Dishonor. How many, Gresham defended that Ring of Honor title, I don't know, at least a dozen times after their final show, final battle last year, and, and, and Tony Khan announcing that he had bought the company. Gresham put him so much work to keep Ring of Honor a viable brand when they had no TV, no pay-per-views. He was the fan of that title all over the place. Yeah. And then for him to lose in, what, you said 13 minutes?
2: Yeah, I think it was 13 minutes or so, yeah.
3: Is, is ridiculous. Give the, the man opener. the respect he deserves for keeping that, that company relevant and viable for the eight months. It wasn't doing anything. Dude. He didn't get much of any offense in. This was,
2: I'm not going to call it a squash necessarily, but Claudio just got all of his shit in, and then, and then that was it. Gresham came out, you could tell. Gresham came out in like his merch shirt instead of the yeah. big octopus thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was kind of interesting. So like right before Death Before Dishonor, this interview with Gresham from Wrestle mm. Puris mm-hmm. dropped. He had some very interesting things to say. I recommend everybody check it out. Um, he was asked about his relationship with Tony Khan and if he believed Tony Khan is a fan of the technical wrestling style and Gresham style he says to be honest I've not really talked to him I don't know what he thinks about me I've had very short conversations with him when I say short I mean short so I don't know I would hope he values me I don't know though so we'll find out in the coming weeks months I guess Um, he also was asked about uh, the decision behind him joining Tully Blanchard Enterprises so Side note here, Tully Blanchard is now apparently done with yeah. Ring of Honor and AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, quote-unquote, in kayfabe, sold Tully Blanchard Enterprises to Prince Nana, I think his name was. They're um, the embassy now, right? They're the embassy now. That happened in the pre-show. So he said this about uh, him going heel and joining Tully Blanchard Enterprises. "Is I arrived at TV one day, and then I was told that's what I was doing. And I was like, okay. I don't know if it was super thought through. I don't know anything. All I know is what I was told. All right, let's make it work. That's such a WWE thing, and I mean that in a bad way.
3: Yeah, I know. It, it is. I, I When they had him turn heel, it was head scratching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't get it. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, it seems obvious that Tony Khan's approach to Ring of Honor is that he wants to get... The most prominent names he can holding all the championships um, to try to help procure. Again, this isn't official. This is just how I'm interpreting what I'm seeing here. To try mm-hmm. to procure himself a TV deal for Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if that's his approach, all right. You could do that and still be show respect to the people who help keep Ring of Honor relevant and prominent while there was no tv and that's yeah. Jonathan Gresham um, and and to to not be to not communicate with them to apparently book him in a match where you can get a whole lot of stuff off and just i don't know it just it...
2: well this isn't the first time that we've heard oh, yeah. tony khan has a hard time communicating with his yes. talent yeah we've heard this many many other times where it's and dude this is just shades of vince the same bullshit where you know the guy who's who's booking the show you i'm sorry you buy a company and look he plunked down the money for it it's his to do what he sees fit right but i just don't get the philosophy is you buy this company and the guy who's been busting his ass defending this title keeping the name of this company alive it was dead Mm -hmm. it was dead before gresham or without Gresham, I should say. Keeping that title alive and you chump him out like this, you don't give him the respect of bringing him in and saying, hey, this is my goal. Claudio is a bigger name than you, so we need to get him to the point of being the champion. Yeah. But I appreciate what you've done. Let's work together in getting us there. Now, we haven't heard the other side of this, con Definitely. side of this. Definitely. Um, we just know what we have in front of us, and that match could have been like a twenty-minute banger yeah, where 20, was, minutes of awesomeness, right? Yeah. Where Claudio is pushed to the absolute limit by this guy, and then he ekes out a win. This was not that. This was not that at all. Um, He had a lot of interesting things uh, in this right here. I I highly recommend it. He was asked about being a black technical wrestler and not following some of the stereotypes for being a black wrestler. He says this, It bothers me that you can have white guy number one with no character be great, but then you've got black guy same. Oh, he needs a character, but why? Can't he just be a good wrestler? You've got to be so much more than the other guy that's world champion, doesn't have a character, he's good on the mic, sure, but he doesn't do anything other than... Wrist locks, hammer locks, and some kicks. But black guy that does the same thing, I need a fucking character. I need all this extra stuff. Like, that's just the thing. Now, given within the context of this interview, he's talked about having not talked to Tony Khan. You got to wonder is this, was, was some element of this coming from butting heads with, with AEW? I don't know, but given that this is such a fresh interview right there at the tail end of his time with AEW slash Ring of Honor, Mm -hmm. you have to ask yourself, I mean, I'm sorry, but, (laughs) you know, there are certain names in AEW that have been completely and totally without any shade of personality, you know, that that are white. Jungle Boy, I'm sorry, but you put a mic in his hand and you fall asleep. But look, he's considered a pillar. Mm Mm-hmm. He's already an AEW Tag Champion. Now he's got a program with Christian, one of the more prominent heels on the show, mm-hmm. and and so I, I feel that I, f- I feel there there's a double standard. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a it's a fascinating interview, um, and it's something that I'd, I'd love to see changed. Definitely, um, definitely. But yeah, th- this was very this is very much uh uh an interesting situation, a head scratching one, and a disappointing one because yeah. that his story was Ring of Honor, and he comes in and just like that. You know he's 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 gone.
3: Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. it's it, it's 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 mind-boggling. I don't get it. I don't get it. Mm. I don't get it. You mean you have, you have an opportunity to tell a, a a potentially good story in the ring and put on a hell of a bout? And you just don't yeah. don't do it. Yeah, you don't do it yeah. for whatever reason. I don't get it. Yeah, don't get it. Uh, let me go ahead and uh,
2: uh, load up the results here for because I didn't take any notes for Death Before Dishonor. Shout out to everybody hanging out with us, me and the Enforcer. watched it over there at uh, uh, the the MF Steve or Twitch channel. Uh, let's see here. Didn't watch this match. Didn't watch half the kickoff show. Colt Cabana defeated Anthony Henry. <laughs> Legend in Ring of Honor, Colt Cabana. Friend of the show here, Colt Cabana. Yeah. Uh, the Trust Busters. Ari Davari and Slim J defeated the Shinobi Shadow They Squad. had a
3: video package on AEW programming, so I knew they were going to win. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think they have Harlan, don't they? Yeah, that's true. Parker Boudreaux. That's right. He uh, The Embassy, that's Brian Cage and Gates of Agony. Mm-hmm. They're not Tully Blanchard any prizes, Enterprises anymore. Steve mentioned that. Defeated Alex Sane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin. Uh, and then Willow Nightingale defeated Allison Kaye. Um, and then to open the show, that's another thing. Your Ring of Honor title match opened the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Claudio defeated Jonathan Gresham. It says here on Wikipedia eleven minutes and thirty seconds how long the match was. The second shortest match oh on the main card on, the- on the main card. That's ridiculous. Twenty wow. minutes, anything less than twenty minutes. They it's, gave, it's, they gave five bogus. more seconds to the embassy match. Oh my gosh. What the hell?
2: <laughs> what the hell? Is what around? the hell? Yeah. Hey, I I did watch the uh, the Willow Nightingale Allison K match. If Willow Nightingale, might, she should be the first billionaire wrestler. <laughs> she's got she's got billion dollar potential. She mm-hmm. has billion dollar charisma. Larson mm-hmm. Willow's mm-hmm. great. She defeated Allison K. I watched that match. It was a good match. I hope Allison K sticks around Ring of Honor too. Yeah, she's terrific.
3: She is great. Uh, Dalton Castle and the boys defeated uh, the Righteous. So maybe Vincent stick around in Impact for a while. Uh, Wheeler Yuta defeated daniel garcia heard this was a good match oh this was a good match but i'll be honest with you the next match
2: here i know look ftr briscoe that's a match of the year candidate really is roosh versus dragon lee was fucking nuts yeah (laughs) these guys were doing some crazy these brothers because they're legit brothers Mm -hmm. they were doing crazy shit man Oh, my God. There was this table spot that didn't physically make any sense. Like, in the world of physics, it didn't make any sense. Roosh was laid out on a table. Dragon Lee does this, like, a suicide dive. But it's like he, he does it. It's like he's, like, perfectly, like, parallel uh, to friggin' Roosh and the table. Yet somehow he, like, goes on. I don't know. It was crazy shit. Yeah, they were throwing each
3: other all over the place, just beating the crap out of each other. Amazing. I got to check it out. Uh, Mercedes Martinez successfully defended her... Uh, Ring of Honor Roman's title against Serena Deeb. Uh, Samoa Joe beat Jay Lethal. And then uh looks like here uh, FTR beat the Briscoes 2-1 in their uh, two out of three false belt. Holy crap. They beat the living shit out of each other. This
2: was, that was, that was a hell of a match. It probably was, it probably was better than their first one. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's honestly, it's no uh, LA Park Viano 4, but it's up there. It's up there,
3: yeah. I don't know if anything's gonna be better than Viano Four versus LA Park this year. I've already decided another. nothing. I don't care if it's like the best match ever. Like that, the, match, that match was, was incredible.
2: Gonna, nothing's gonna beat that match for me. Dude.
3: That match was incredible. That was edge of edge of my seat stuff. <laughs> oh man, absolutely. Uh, let's talk the G One. We got a, a. We've had three more nights of action since the last time we talked about it. Here are some results on night three. Bad Luck Falle defeated Lance Archer. Tomatonka defeated chase Owens, Hiroki Goto bit of an upset here defeated Tetsuya Naito oh wow uh Yujiro Takahashi defeated David Finley on night four Jay White defeated Tomohiro Ishii uh Shingo Takagi defeated Yoshihashi Okada beat Yano and then Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Aaron Hinari and then dropped one of the best promos I've seen in a long time thanks thanks for sharing that with me Steve oh that George Michael Prince in the Lake District and wow. I
2: popped so hardcore yesterday. I was with my family for breakfast. My sister and my brother-in-law are about to head back to Scotland because that's where he's from. And he, he was like, he was telling my dad, he was like, hey, Dodo, we're going to go hit up the Lake District. <laughs> and I was like, did you see the same promo I did? Yeah. Yeah. Is Prince and George Michael going to be there?
3: <laughs> uh, night five, go ace. Roshi Tanahashi defeated Tetsuya Naito. Naito's 0-2 so far. No points. But here's the thing about Naito. Uh, like all... Granted, I follow Naito on Twitter, so maybe that's part of it. Like, there's so much promotional stuff with the G1 and, and him specifically. Like, I don't feel like he's – like, the story going into this, he feels like he's had a bad year and hasn't delivered on anything. Yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, – because this next, next match is against Evil. Okay. Evil's going to bring it out of him. Naito's going to run the table the rest of the way. He'll win his block. Don't worry about it, Mark my words. Right. All right. Let's get I'm those, saying that, too, because he's need... my pick to, winner, to yeah, win the man. whole thing, and he's he's your, your pick to win as well. Uh, LP. You, you, need,
2: you need points to win this thing, Naito.
3: I know. He's got, what, uh, four matches left? Is that right? He's going to win them all. Uh, LP defeated Yujiro Takahashi. Jeff Cobb defeated Bad Luck Falle, and then Sonata beat Taichi. So our prediction scores. Enforcer in the lead with 26. Ooh. Steve, next, 24. I'm in last right now, 22. All
2: right. Well, still a lot of G1 left. That's Plenty. for August. For July, you currently have a one point lead over me, thanks to Death Before Dishonor. Uh, and Enforcer's down by five, I think.
3: Yeah. Uh, from
2: right. the lead spot, I think. Yeah. I think he's oh, down six, five. Six. From, he's six. He's down six from the lead spot. Five to yeah. me. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Wow. A lot to make up coming up with SummerSlam as the final uh, event of our July predictions um let's talk about raw and then we'll get into some uh we get into some questions mm-hmm. uh we got a raw preview here the bloodline clash with the riddle and the street profits mm-hmm. so the blood is including roman reigns is gonna have an actual match
3: yeah yeah cool. on raw it's I massive square guard
2: oh yeah that's right it's
3: massive yeah square guard. uh ray mysterio celebrates 20th anniversary and then mysterio also have a match against judgment day is dom joining judgment day tonight
2: Oh man, I hope that Judgment Day just squashes the squashes the. Sh- you know, Judgment Day's got two Triple H guys there. It's got Finn Balor, big Triple H guy, and mm-hmm. then it's got Damian Priest. I feel like Triple H really liked Damian Priest as Hot Tub Party guy, mm-hmm. Hot Tub Party vampire. Yeah, they should um, bring that character back. He's like the Nick Crawl guy in uh, what we do yes, in the shadows. Exactly. Just give, him the, the, just give him the hat. What is that puckering sensation in the back of my head? It's the witch's a- the witch's asshole. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Let's give him the hat. Uh, then Logan Paul presents impulsive TV impulsive. Yeah. Guess what? That's not happening. Sorry. Logan Paul. I don't know.
2: I don't like the fact that you called me brother when you signed uh, your uh, contract. So uh, you're out. <laughs> you're out. Sorry. You're, you're trash. You're trash. Uh, anyways, what do you say? Let's answer some questions. Yeah. All right. Big week, big week for rest. Yeah. Something so. happened. These. Oh, pff, lots, lots there was a, a Death Before Dishonor, so... Oh, I heard that was good. Yeah, it was good. Also, uh, Vince retired, Triple H is in charge. Lord Ziffer is kicking us off. Who of these Triple H guys are the first to win a title now that Hunter is in charge of creative? Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, or returning John Gargano? So, Balor, Rollins... Kevin Owens or Gargano? Who wins a title first? Just any title, right? Any title at all.
1: Hmm.
3: Like, Triple H is probably a huge Walter fan. Walter's not losing that Intercontinental title anytime soon. Um, that
2: U.S. title is uh, is up for grabs. Yeah. I feel like that U.S. title's up for grabs.
3: It would be pretty cool if, if uh, John, John came back, got the good story, and got that U.S.
2: title. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to say Kevin Owens wins the U.S. title. Okay. I'm going to say that that's a possibility right there. And that's on his way up to uh, being the new guy who takes out the tribal chief. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, he has a case to be made. That last man standing match, he clearly won against Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's true. Wasn't for all the fiddling with the uh, with the handcuff there. Yeah. Let's uh, let's continue this question though, and look at the other side of things. Uh, uh, Triple H women. All right. Oscar. Mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. And two others. Uh, Bianca.
3: But Bianca. Well, champion he loves already. Bianca. Bianca's, yeah, Bianca's like champion.
2: super. She's super champion. Yeah. Um. Is there anybody else that Shayna? Shayna oh shane is gonna get an upgrade yeah that shit oh Io shirai so when she resigns yeah so of those four let's say
3: Who well we, ria's Rhea. out so we don't know when she's coming
2: back i feel like out of the four of them shane is gonna have the biggest turnaround
3: i think so and she's on smackdown right Ish. yeah yeah y- yes. yeah yeah she is yes. um because yeah. i don't feel like anybody's beaten bianca for a while um you put oh what this is a great idea maggie has Shayna and
2: ronda yeah versus sasha and bailey for the women's tag or that would sasha be great. and naomi
3: for the women's tag that'd titles great. that'd be great i dig that or man. i was that'd gonna say you have Shayna and, and ronda have a feud you have Shayna win that come out the end of that the winner and yeah. then shana could challenge live for the smackdown with title. i like
2: that i think that's good yeah that's gonna shana's gonna be really you know who else is gonna be really interesting bob rude mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i i did a little bit of research because i was doing a wrestle juice thing the last time bob rude won a match a singles match yeah it was, I want to say, December of 2021. Wow. Shayna's had one win in like four months, I think. And it was like a
3: fluky heel win against Sasha. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, give me Bob Root in, suit. Bob Root in suits again. Bob suit. Yeah, absolutely. Cutting promos about C- uh, tech CEOs sitting ringside. Oh, man, absolutely. And actually make yeah. it happen this time. Uh, B man Patrick Sparks with Vince now gone. Were the chances we could possibly now get more crossover between WWE and other promotions? Which would be the first you would like to see? I'd still say minimal chances of it happening. Oh, that's
2: not gonna happen. That you you want to the, the thing is like, and I think it's not a terrible philosophy. Is uh WWE wants to wants to consider themselves? They want to project themselves as bigger than everybody. Mm-hmm. And when you're bigger than everybody, everybody else is the scrub league to you. Yep. And as soon as you have any of
3: your guys lose to anybody on the other team, you're not that anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, White Brownie with Triple H now in creative control. Are there any concerns you guys have going forward? I remember there would be some NXT episodes that felt boring for you guys from a story standpoint or how they would miss the timing to crown a new champion. Really, my one major beef with uh, NXT 1.0 was that there wasn't a whole lot of variation in the characters i've been pretty vocal about this a lot of uh wrestlers or character are just badass who likes to fight and that's fine badasses yeah um that's fine but i want i don't want a whole company of badasses who who want to fight i need some more variety in my characters yeah um and if they can and hey maybe that's maybe that's a reason to keep bruce pritchard around because maybe he'll think up other characters not that they're going to be good but yeah. other characters, other than badass who likes to fight, yeah,
2: no, no, I, I, I kind of feel you with that. There was a period of time when a- NXT just sort of went heavy on. All right, here's a couple of badass dudes go out there and have a 25 minute match, and I'm like sitting there eating my popcorn, like looking at my phone and stuff. Yeah, move, 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 move.
3: And it's like from a technical sense, the 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 match is fine, but from a story perspective, just wasn't a whole lot going into it. Yeah, yeah. It's a better balance between story. and... Preceding going into the match. So there's some yeah. emotional attachment to the outcome. Like, I want to care who wins or loses this bout. And if it's just nah, a couple man. of Only characters thing who are matters. pretty much the same and they're fighting who's more to who's more of a badass. Okay, I don't really, storyline perspective, I don't really care about that. Who's more metal?
2: This is the question. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let's see here. Lucela says uh At some point, would it be wise or beneficial for Stephanie or Triple H to be regular on screen characters? No 20-minute McMahon-Helmsley promos. Don't need that, do that again. Kicking things nope. off. Nope. Kicking things off. Don't need it. I want Triple H to come out and and, and, and talk shit about the marks. You know, oh, what are you going to do, Tune Out? <laughs> uh, you know what? I would actually like Triple H and Stephanie to have the same sort of presence as he did with NXT, mm-hmm. which is every once in a while for a big event, come out and, inter- and inter- introduce it. Yeah, you know? get the crowd hype for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, Columbian uh, uh, says, will Triple H move quickly with the changes to creative or will it be a slow phasing out of current storylines and everything we've come to know? How swift does he drop the hammer and will it impact Summer? I think SummerSlam is going to go off maybe with some some details. Like I think that we're not going to see Champa get chumped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the build
3: of SummerSlam. Watch, I say that, and tonight he's going to be, like, pantsed Just, by Logan Paul. Yeah, <laughs> But then that could be the thing that actually motivates him. Like, if he gets chumped out tonight, that can be the thing that yeah. motivates him to turn on Miz eventually. Listen, you know? Tom, I've got a great
2: idea, Tom. Here's the Logan Paul on his uh, – What is that – what is his pot show called? Impulsive. Impulsive. Listen, he's going to pull down your pants. you get going a little grubworm dick right there. And uh,
3: it's TV-14 now. We can show a little dicks. Uh, Heart. Uh, Asked, do you think the difference in creative will be night and day compared to before or will it be far more subtle? I think it'll be more subtle, especially early on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Cameron says of all the free agents available right now, who does Triple
3: H try to hire the
2: most? Who's a free J- agent anymore?
3: Well, there's Gargano. I think he'd probably be tops. You think so? Yeah, I think so.
2: Come on, Gargano.
3: Yeah, that's a pretty big deal.
2: I, went, I never, I don't, do we ever hear anything about what Triple H and, if Triple H and Bray Wyatt got together? Or got got along, rather? Got
3: together. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Hey, Wyndham. Wyndham. Dad's gone. I'm going to make a new championship for you. Do what you want with it.
2: Well, uh, let's see here. Uh, Brian Sabre, now with Triple H in charge of creative. Which superstars would you like to see, get, see, get more of a push who under Vince normally would? We kind of have already answered that, but let's go the opposite way. Who should be worried right now, Larson? Besides The Miz.
3: Now, if 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 Austin Theory hadn't been a part of the way in NXT, I would probably say him. I agree. But I think Triple H probably thinks highly of, of him as a performer. He knows because, he can get more out of him. Yeah, so I would actually think Theory would probably be uh, encouraged by the news of Triple H. Yeah. Um, taking over creative. Corbin? Um, you think Corbin should be worried? No, I th- no, I don't think so. I think, think Corbin is going to go back to being metal. No, I well, maybe eventually, but I hope I, I don't think he should grow his hair back again. Um Unless it's for to be ass Corbin. Hey, listen. Then I'd be fine plug. with this. I'll shoot you to the moon if you get hair, but if you get a
2: transplant. <laughs> It's not plugs anymore. It's a transplant. <laughs> let me see who's on the roster. Let's see if there used could... to be plugs. <laughs> if anybody, Do you think meet... Ezekiel should be worried? No, I don't. I think so. I think Elias was treated pretty good in NXT. I think so too. I think so too. Um, I think the Triple H said something like uh, Elias was a kind of guy who's made
3: for main main roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so why he wasn't there very long. You know, ideally, there really shouldn't be anybody who f- who should feel concerned. I would hope that. Given how Vince would maybe push someone or give someone a storyline for a minute or two and then they'd be off TV for months at a time. You know, I I, I would think in a lot of ways as a performer that's like the worst possible scenario where I hey I work for this place, sure, I get my paycheck because I'm showing up to work, but I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting Mm -hmm. around not doing anything. And if Triple H comes in and you and you're I would think you're at least hopeful. Well, maybe I'll be maybe I'll be involved. Hey, here's a name. Why Brownie brings him up.
2: Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs was in NXT. He was forever and mm. never, almost never on TV. That dude was never on TV, and he's not a particularly good in-ring guy. No. I don't know. Like We were always kind of, we were like, why is this guy never on TV? <laughs> Back when he was in NXT, because he has all the charisma. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe Rick Boogs. I don't know. But he's still a ways out from returning anyways. and. Top of that, part of Rick Boogs, his thing was being with Shinsuke. That ain't happening anymore. Yeah. That is not happening. Yeah, yeah. They should they should make like the most badass faction in the world out of Judgment Day. Just stop calling call them Judgment Day. Champa and
3: Nakamura. That'd be cool. Have them run roughshod. Like mm-hmm. oh, be, be a real threat instead of just not be a threat. Right, exactly. Uh, let's see
2: here. Uh, Max friends says, "Who had Triple H head heading creative for Cody Rhodes in 2022? Yeah, Should Cody else. be concerned now, or is Triple H all about Cody? No,
3: I think I think I think Triple H is all about Cody at this point.
2: Cody was a walking tribute to Triple H. Mm-hmm. There's no way Triple H doesn't love Cody. Yep." I uh, yep. love what
3: you did with the sledgehammer.
2: You really you try to grab the story by the balls, Cody,
3: and I love that about you. Uh, Greg Morris here asks, it seems to be becoming more evident that Tony can't do everything himself. If what shit, Gresham yeah. said is true, it doesn't look good. It'd also be for the same things uh, people give Vince shit for. Yeah, it seems like Tony Khan may, if he's too busy to communicate to his talent, then there needs to be a reevaluation of how he communicates to both his talent and how he communicates to his talent relations department. Yep. Um, And if he can't, if he's not in the position to be able to communicate directly with talent, then that needs to be, there needs to be a better system between him, talent relations and the talent. So concerns can be addressed. Uh, uh, People, whether Tony or someone in talent relations or producers are approachable. That needs to change, because mm-hmm. that seems because like it, a lot of the people whose, whose contracts didn't get uh, re-upped with Aew, pretty much all of them mm-hmm. said communication was an issue there.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, I and that,
3: I, I would imagine that'd be frustrating as all hell.
2: The funny thing about this Vince thing is that it's, there's not one there's one there's literally one person who seemingly has expressed displeasure at Vince being gone as Brock. And that's it mm-hmm. like literally the reporting is everybody is happy about this and that mm-hmm. says something you mm-hmm. know and that's something that tony khan needs to pay attention to yep because like you need to be able to communicate to your people uh anthony dobias says mandy rose has said she wants to come back to main mm-hmm. roster that's true she had an interview recently yep does she come back with toxic attraction or solo she should bring up toxic attraction
3: hell All yeah dude.
2: absolutely their main roster ready mm-hmm. uh luis Says, I've already asked Steve this, but Larson. What? What is the funniest moment in wrestling that wasn't supposed to be funny? Oh, wow. Putting me on the spot. I'm surprised this doesn't just, because for me, it was like, oh, it's this.
3: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. This is the first thing that pops in my head, and it's not necessarily the funniest thing, but again, it's the first thing that pops in my head, and of course, it's Sid related. Okay, yeah. It's when he says, I have half the brain you think I had, or whatever it was. Oh man, how do you not say Shockmaster immediately? Oh, I don't know, because my first thought, when in doubt, Sid. That's my that's my philosophy. Sid was there for the Shockmaster. I'm aware of that, but it wasn't him falling
2: through the wall. Yeah, it's Shockmaster. Although it's so, it's sort of fun. Like, did they not think that that glowed up Stormtrooper helmet wasn't supposed to be hilarious? I know. I don't think. I think they thought it was supposed to be intimidating. I think so too. The tightest slide would be it, but it also was very dangerous. Uh, in my opinion, it's probably Yoshihashi. Like, if it's not Shockmaster, it's Yoshihashi. Yeah, because fucked.
3: Oh, yeah,
2: he got his bell rung. Wrong. wrong. <laughs> he, was, he was still trying so hard. I know. And it's funny to see that. And he's okay. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye hey what's up everybody this is stone carl steve austin impersonator phil mcdonald here to tell you to go support going in ron friendo club at patreon.com forward slash Steven larson they got bonus episodes and free audio a weekly newsletter rounding up the weekend wrestling news and a bunch more patreon.com forward slash Steven larson go support or get hit with a stutter